Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Hey everyone, I am Guile and I tweet at Dora Podcast and today I'm joined by Kama. Hi, this is Kama and you can find me at Oxford's Voice on Twitter. And Devin. Hey, this is Devin, GD Harpo on Twitter. And Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky. I'm at the Chickren on Twitter. And today we're going to be covering Bran's first chapter in A Clash of Kings. And our chapter starts with... Um, I'm just going to re- actually read a, a short passage because I, I do think that part of the appeal of the brand chapters are they're very poetic and very beautifully written. And I just, I really liked the first two paragraphs of this chapter. So pretty short. Um, brand preferred the hard stone of the window seat to the comforts of his feather bed and blankets. A bed, the walls pressed close and the ceiling hung heavy above him. A bed, the room was his cell and Winterfell his prison. Yet outside his window, the wide world still called. He could not walk, nor climb, nor hunt, nor fight with a wooden sword as once he had, but he could still look. He liked to watch the windows begin to glow all over Winterfell as candles and hearth fires were lit behind the diamond-shaped panes of tower and hall, and he loved to listen to the dire wolves sing to the stars. Um, And he talks about... I I love that, sorry. I just... um, I love the brand chapter sometimes. Uh... And he, he thinks about how he's, you know, been dreaming of the wolves and he feels like they're talking to him, you know, brother to brother, he thinks. And they're howling all the time. And, you know, he feels like they're, you know, as we, as us dog owners would say, you know, they're definitely singing the song of their people. And, you know, he thinks about how, you know, the people say the Starks have wolf blood. And, you know, so, I mean, he kind of feels like they're his people as well, or he's their people. And... Yeah he's really interpreting their howling as grief. Um, you know, he's wondering, you know, are they calling to their pack, their mother, their mother, you know, is it still for Ned? You know, what's happening, what's going on. And, you know, people are kind of t- like, they're all giving their interpretation, you know, Farland, who's the kettle master says they're calling for freedom, freedom. And they've been walled up in the Godswood. So, you know, it might make some sense. And, you know, they want to hunt, and but Master Lewin thinks that they're howling at the comet, so we get this glimpse of the comet again. And, you know, he thinks maybe they think it's the moon. And Bran tells this to Osha, and Osha just laughs a lot. You know, your wolves have more wit than your master. You know, the comet's about uh, blood and fire. Um, to me, one of the saddest things about this whole section was just the way that you can tell Bran is dreading news that someone else is dead yeah. and that's kind of what underpins his curiosity is just like your heart kind of breaks for him yeah yeah i mean again like you know we've talked about in a game of thrones like there's just so much trauma for bran and you know for bran and rick and and also like a one thing that kind of runs through this chapter is whatever lewin says is wrong basically like everything that lewin <laughs> Every says ends up single thing he says right? <laughs> um you know one of the their Septon thing, you know, this their Septon calls the the comet the sword that slays the season. So he thinks of it as a sign that the seasons are changing, 
And indeed, they get a white raven from the Citadel to signify autumn. But, you know, he also, you know, old Nan just says it's dragons. Um, so, we, you know, we get a little bit about what the, com- what the comet's about here. And, you know, still we find out the dire wolves are, you know, they're howling all the time. And, um, you know, Bran's thinking back to, he doesn't even remember falling. Um, he, you know, he gets like a little weird feeling when he tries to think about it too much. But, you know, he, he doesn't really. But, he, you know, he's still thinking. He's thinking the wolves are, are mourning, you know, to Chicky's point. You know, he's worried, you know, did someone kill Rob? Did something happen to John or his mom or his sisters? You know, what's going on? And he he gets to the point like, well, you know, if I'm a dire wolf, I'll, if I'm really a dire wolf, I'll know. You know, I'll understand what they're trying to tell me. And he starts to howl. And there's, you know, like many lines in this chapter of just like, oh, which um, I don't know for the dog owners on the podcast, so definitely, I don't know if you try to also make your dogs howl with you. Um, I do all the time and they never will. So Harley used to, but she doesn't anymore because she just in general, she just doesn't even howl anymore. But she, oh. she would do it when she was younger. So. So Bran is howling out his window, and that's bringing you know some of his guards, and they're they're basically like they want him to put they want to put him to bed because they're like what the hell's going on with this kid, and um, that's what I would you know, expect from Rickon, right? Brand. I know they must think like he's like you know who knows what they you know Bran's a, at this point, and as we'll see, Bran's already kind of been labeled whether he realizes or not as the weird kid. Um, yeah, and I don't, I don't think he realizes. He he might not realize it, but um, you know he he tells them when I sleep I turn into I turn into a wolf, and you know he wonders if wolves dream, and or you know then or if the dead dream, and then he asks, do trees dream? And you know Lewin is no, and Bran's like, no, they do, they dream, <laughs> they dream tr- tree dreams. And, you know, he talks about um, how the the weirwood and the gods would actually calls to him, but the wolf dreams are better. And yeah. What um, I was going to say, one thing that really comes through in this chapter when you have the full context of everything is just how powerful Bran is. Because he's only eight, and all these things are happening to him that he clearly doesn't understand, but it's, his power is manifesting in some ways. Oh, yeah. for sure, yeah. And I mean, maybe it's like they treat him as the weird child, but they're also kind of scared of him. Um, you know, Lewin has this great line, you know, oh, if you would only spend more time with the other children, <laughs> like they're basically <laughs> like, you're, you're, you know, you're weird. Go play with, um, you know, go with, play with your kids. And it, it's sort of like if you've ever been a babysitter, I don't know, I don't think people do this much anymore, but back in the day, like, you know, you would get the kids who would be fine. You know, you'd get the hellion children. And then every once in a while, you got the kid who was the weird kid. And it was always just, a, oh, my God, what is he going to say next? You know, and I feel like <laughs> where Lewin is right now. I mean, he's he loves Rick or uh, Bran. But, yeah, <laughs> his conversations have got to be kind of. Yeah, and I mean, he probably, you know, and this is, you know, the, I guess one thing to note is there's a couple of references to Bran as a prince here. So, you know, they are, you know, he is, 
you know, he is also a prince and they're, you know, they're still controlling him, but, you know, it's like his power a little bit, see, you know, has, has gone up at this point, you know, he's Rob's heir. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Bran bitches that he doesn't like the other kids, but basically he's talking about the Walders and it turns out that um, Shaggy Dog bit one of the Walders and, so that's why they put the the wolves in the godswood, and Brand's like, we should just put the Walders in the godswood. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm there with him. I think that's an excellent idea. Absolutely. And, <laughs> you know, he he's not allowed to ride out in the wolf's wood anymore either. Um, you know, after what happened with Osha's group attacking him. So you know, again, it's like Brand is sort of trying to understand what the wolves are telling him, and it's almost like he doesn't quite get that the wolves are like echoing him. You know, he's the one who's feeling, you know, he's the one who's kind of feeling this restraint maybe even more than the wolves. And, you know, they're, maybe they're just saying it. Yeah, we hear you, you know, dude, back to him. I don't know. What do you guys well, think? That, is it there's like clearly an element of the fact that the wolves are separated from their Starks is clearly yeah. an element yeah. of what's going on too. Um, you know, he yeah, definitely, um, well, I was going to say, buckle here on Discord, he had, um, Bags. Uh, the chapter is claustrophobic for both Bran the boy and Summer the wolf. And like, it asks, why don't they let Bran and Summer ride? And I mean, they give the reasons in the chapter, but I mean, you, they've seen what Summer can do. They can let him ride somewhere. I mean, there's something they could they could allow him to do at this point. It's like they're restricting these kids, but they're not giving them, you know, they're not giving them anything. They're just sort of like, it's like they're locked in a tower almost. You know, we don't really see, at least at this point, you know, we don't see anyone like, I mean, maybe Osha, like, actually, like, nurturing Bran. Like, well, they're not being just, raised. I mean, the yeah. parents are not there. They, they're just being looked after. They're they're being looked after. They're being fed and clothed. They they it's a babysitter situation. You know, it's like probably like or a, a no pair. I guess if you want to picture Lewin as an no pair. I mean, kind they're of. not being raised formally, and the kids don't respond to them the way they would respond to presumably a parental figure. You know, that's part of the problem. They're, yeah. they're in this sort of betwixt and between, you know, where you've got servants taking care of them, but they're not going to be, you know, and you can't expect the servants to be bringing them up. And that's why Rickon has gone full feral. And that's why, you know, we've got Bran sort of in this weird space. It's like turned inward completely. Yeah. Really. Well, and part of that, like, you open up the chapter with learning that Bran is actually doing the duties of a castle and in many ways, you know, I mean, they're actually having him do some of the lordly stuff, which is crazy to think with an eight-year-old kid. Right. But, yeah. But they, you know, he talks about, you know, if they let him go, Summer would save him, which probably true. And, you know, he's a prince. He should be allowed to sail and hunt and joust. And, you know, this kind of, like, heartbreaking line of Lou and you know, Brand child, why do you torment yourself? So one day you may do some of these things, but now you're only a boy of eight. And he says he'd rather be a wolf. If he was a wolf, he could live in the wood and sleep where he wanted. He can find, you know, his sisters. He'd fight beside Rob like Grey Wolf. He'd tear out, you know, the Kingslayer's throat with his teeth, which, no, you wouldn't, Bran. But, um, you know, and then he starts howling again. And he's just, like, howling louder to, like, stop anyone from arguing with him. 
and you know, there's this thing where Lewin leaves him, but there's, you know, with a look that was part grief and part disgust, he left the bedchamber, which is, you know, yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, I've, you know, <laughs> I guess we'll see on a closer reread, you know, does that come through? Because I, I felt like, you know, concern, but not maybe, and maybe a little fear, but disgust is kind of a new, a new emotion that I, I'm a little bit surprised to see from Lewin. Uh, you know, there's just so much going on with Bran, the trauma, all the stuff. And I mean, he's like as Chicky just said, he's he's being expected to be a like fulfilling an adult role. He's expected to be a. Ch- I mean, there's just no way anyone can win here. Yeah, and it yeah. it would be different, like if his mother was there, or even Rob, or somebody that could take on that sort of parental role. But, you know, this is not really what the people there are built to do. And, I mean, that's not what the kids are. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, so it's just, you know, and maybe and, that's... I mean, it's got to be, you know, think about if you knew somebody, a small child who started talking like this, I mean, you'd be a little weirded out, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I mean, you know, maybe this is why, too, you know, we, we have Osha who seems to kind of get Bran in a way that the others don't. And then obviously we'll, you know, the reeds will soon be entering, um, entering Winterfell and, you know, provide some of, you know, provide some of that too. So he starts to, you know, he starts to get a little bit of a support system for a little bit here too. So this is kind of, you know, maybe more of one of his kind of lost chapters mm-hmm. in a way. And, you know, he talks, so, you know, we, we mentioned the Walders, but we get a little bit more background on them and why Bran, you know, Bran is pissed at them. So basically, they have this game where someone stands on a log in the middle of like a creek, and then the next player has to knock them off. But they have to, um, basically, they the person, the Lord of the Crossing at the moment, stands in their way, and they they ask them questions, and they can't lie unless they can somehow trick the word mayhaps in there and then they can lie and then presumably they just try to knock each other basically they just try to knock each other off the log with sticks so much foreshadowing right there (laughs) and um we find out you know little walder's actually the bigger of the two he's just called little walder because he's 52 days younger than big walder and you know we get a little bit of their history so little walder is Merritt Frey's son which makes him um a Wald's full brother. brother to Walda and actually Gatehouse Amy. Yes. So it's funny, like Merritt Frey is, you know, like many of the Freys, he's, you know, kind of a minor character, but my God, I mean, we meet Lady Stoneheart through him. We, you know, we meet his daughters, his wife, his son, like he, we actually like kind of know a lot about him and his family. Um, and then Big Walder is the son of Jamos, which is a, you know, Jamos Frey is a great name. And um, at this point, Little Walder is actually further ahead in the succession for um, the twins. But Big Walder is like, nope, I'm I'm actually going to inherit. Even though um, at the end of, I found a spreadsheet that someone made. At the end of A Dance with Dragons, if you include women in the succession, um, Big Walder is number 54 still. So there's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of people who I have mean, to die, but presumably... To do that, yeah. That's totally I mean, for the phrase, I'm impressed. And, oh, that's very impressive. Yeah, there's, 
you know, a lot of people have to die, which who they, you know, presumably they will. I was kind of relieved that my favorite phrase, Perwin and Oliver, are actually below Big Walder in, in line. So he, in theory, could could um, become Lord of the Crossing without them dying. But, you know, clearly they're all going to die. I do feel like Big, I mean, do you guys think Big Walder's Lord of the Crossing? Because I feel like he's going to be at some point. I don't know. All I could say is when you read this, you get a total sense of, because this is how children have distilled what they've learned. This is what the fray, life in the fray house is like, is just, you know. Everyone's got a number. And everyone's named yeah. Walder or Walda. And basically the house motto is, even though we don't know that, I think is basically if you can screw people over, do it, you know. <laughs> so, you know, basically all the, all of the castle children get into playing this game. And, you know, it sounds like they're all actually having quite a bit of fun and Rickon wants to play. And so, um, you know, he's playing and one of the, I think little Walder smacks Rickon with stick and, you know, that causes Shaggy dog to lose his shit and bite little Walder. And, um, that may, that means that then the wolves are confined to the godswoods. So, you know, this is really, at this point in time, this is why Bran dislikes the Walders, because uh, Shaggy bit little Walder. Um, but then he ta- then the other thing that happens is that actually Rickon starts to be friends with the Walders, and he takes them down into the crypts, and that totally triggers Bran. Um, you know, he's like, this is a stark place. And, you know, how dare you? Like, he literally, it, it says he screams yeah. at Rickon. Like, he's really upset about this. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this, after this flashback, Mom Lewin comes in and, you know, he's wrong for the last time in the chapter. Because he says he's made a sleeping draught for Bran. And he'll have a dreamless sleep. And, you know, Bran's like, really? And he, he has this hope. Because obviously, to, you know, to Chicky's earlier point, Bran is really struggling with this, you know, it's fear. He's afraid of what, you know, he's really afraid of what is going to happen next for, you know, very good reasons. Or he's afraid of what, you know, he wants to know what the wolves are saying, but obviously he's afraid. So this, you know, the idea of a dreamless sleep is really appealing. But, you know, Osha tells him, you know, Osha asks, you know, is it the wolf dreams? And, you know, Bran tells her, Yeah. And, you know, she tells me you shouldn't fight it. You know, if the gods are trying to talk to you, you should, you know, you should listen. You should talk back. Um, so he falls asleep. Think, oh, go ahead. But I was going to say, you would think Osha knows exactly what's happening, that he's a warg or something of that sort, and that they're not actually dreams. It's, what's, yeah. it's what the wolves are actually doing at that time. I was surprised that she didn't. No, actually, and that she just, I mean, she does kind of, you know, tell them to just let it happen, basically, like, don't fight him. But it's shocking that she doesn't know that he is a warg or that she doesn't know any, <laughs> never recalls any stories or anything like that. that I mean, heard. does she not know? Or we just think he's not completely honest about, about what his dreams are? Or maybe is he, I mean, yeah, I guess he is warging at this point, like he's controlling Summer. He, it's weird, like, his chapters are, are not necessarily explicit about the fact that he is, in fact, controlling Is somewhere. he warging, or, do, yeah, is he yeah. actually doing it or not? But it, just, it feels like he is and just kind of doesn't understand what's happening. Yeah, I think that's the gist. I think George kind of wades into it that way, especially with Bran and Arya. And then you kind of get a, 
a better concept later of what's going on. I think John probably gives you the most like cogent explanation of what's going on yeah. with the war gang. Yeah, and I think at this time, I think it would be real cool to see what Rob is doing because I'm sure he's full blown, like has control of what he's doing with Grey Wind as far as mm-hmm. war goes. Right, like they're coordinating and you know in battle in the Westerlands. So I mean, yeah, for sure. So, you know, the last part of the chapter is Bran, you know, basically warging into summer and he's hunting, um, you know, hunting and, you know, he, like, uh, I love that, you know, he thinks about, he can hear the squirrels, but they're safe, you know, up there. <laughs> like how kind of like angry he is, just like every dog is very upset about <laughs> squirrels in the trees and, you know, Shaggy's prowling with him and they're basically looking, you know, they're looking for a way out, um, you know, Every night. And, you know, Shaggy is, like, pawing at, you know, Shaggy's snarling and pawing, but Bran is just, you know, he's circling. Um, and, you know, ends with, the world had tightened around them, but beyond the walled wood still stood the great gray caves of Manrock. Winterfell, he remembered, the sound coming to him suddenly. Beyond its sky-tall man cliffs, the true world was calling, and he knew he must answer or die. Um, so... Jeez. God. <laughs> well, and it's such a callback to, you know, it's kind of a callback to his classic third chapter when he's dreaming with Bloodraven about, you know, I mean, he's kind of being asked to answer, to answer a call for something. He doesn't really understand what, but it's sort of that same, that same thing. It'd be interesting to see, I mean, they're, you know, eventually, obviously, they're forced out of Winterfell. But it, it's sort of interesting to think, like, what would have happened if, if you know, that wasn't the case? Like, would, you know, how would Bran have been able to even execute, like, leaving Winterfell, right? Like, it takes Theon's actions, but it seem you know, it certainly seems like he's, you know, needs a way out well before that even. Mm-hmm. Were there any other questions on this chapter, Devin? Um, not on the chapter, but we do have some general comments, questions. Um, does anyone have anything else on the chapter? Nope. Okay. Um, so, uh, from Richard, um, at rthewit, um, Gmail they ask, um, Preston Jacobs has pointed out in the prologue, Creston specifically gets out the poison, falls asleep with the poison out, and is supposed to be uh, woken by Pylos. Unless Pylos is completely uh, incompetent, he would not wait Crescent and would warn Stannis, Melisandre, and Selyse. Their ridicule of Crescent seems far less gratuitous when taken in this light. Um, PJ also suggests Melisandre may have taken an antidote. Just an observation I thought you might enjoy. Thanks for the hours of entertainment. So just an observation from the um, prologue of this book about Crescent and the poison and all that. Um, Anyone have anything on that? I mean, Preston Jacobs has some interesting ideas. Sometimes I don't take what he says as gospel. Um, my my argument against that would be, it doesn't sound very Stannisy to me to play with somebody that he knows is fucking you know, yeah, reasoning against him. Completely <laughs> out of Stannis's character. Yeah, yeah I, he'd be doing something directly. I mean, it is weird. Like there are parts of that prologue that do not seem Stannisy, but I I don't see him. Joffrey, yes. Cersei, yes. Roose, yes. Stannis, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. And I don't think that, because Davos clearly has no idea. 
And you wouldn't think that they would let Crescent loose with poison just willy nilly around everybody and they go seat him next to Davos, so I don't know. I mean Preston Jacobs is entertaining a lot of the time. Every once in a while he hits on something, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that one. And um, our last piece of mail um, from Ankato on uh, Podbean, they ask, in reference to, well, they say, in a reference to our The Winds of Winter speculation episode, um, it's 2021. Almost cried when you guys were sure winds would come out in 2016. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, I mean... Do we stop crying in this fandom? I mean, it's just. I mean, I think constant. we just give up. Yeah, this is who we are. <laughs> That's where we are. Yeah, there was. A, did you guys see? There was a, a tweet going around fandom yesterday, just like somebody doing like an open letter to George. It was like pretty long. <laughs> just like. Well, I just hear admit you're never going like, to finish these books. Just tell us. Tell the truth. <laughs> well, and like the people who are like, "Well, I started reading this when my child was a baby." And now my child has, like, a college degree and a full-time job. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. Like, I mean, this book was written in 19... It was published in 1999. So, yes, your baby in 1999 would be, you know, 22. Your baby can drink. <laughs> so, it's just, oh. you know... It gets to the point where, oh, let him, you know... It's difficult. Like, it, it's literally been a do- 10 years since the last book. Like... You know, F you at this point. Like, just write the fucking books. Or, again, to their point, give up and just tell us. And it's so sad because, like, you read, you know, like, I read those first couple of paragraphs of this chapter and it's lovely. And I don't just want to know what happens. Like, I want the writing, too, you know? But if I can, you know. I agree. I'm kind of at the point where, you know... Number one, I'm not sure I even want the books half the time. I do and I don't. Um, number two, obviously, we're never going to get the whole series. The most we're going to get is another book. Um, and I, I, I'm kind of like, if I were George, and I mean, I think we can pretty well infer that he is not happy with what Game of Thrones did. If yeah. I were him, before I, you know, was unable to do so, I think I would sit down with someone a journalist that I could trust and I would probably spoil my own ending rather than just leave it with what the show has done. I mean, granted he's not me, but I mean, if he wants to tell us and I mean, I promise I won't tell anyone. <laughs> it's a vault. Won't it's say a word. Won't say anything. I mean, I actually wouldn't say anything, but yeah, I mean, he should, he should just, you know, that's, it's too long. Like my God, it's been too long. Yeah. Yeah, I think just, you know, give 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 a good long spoiler like listing to somebody that you trust and you know, it could be released if he, if he didn't it, want to do it now, like he could have save it for if he was completely unable to finish the, any books, you know. Outline, you know, almost like that letter we found with what they found a while back with what the original intent of the story could be. It could be something His like pitch that. letter, yeah. You yeah. know, not like I don't mean that please i uh, the aria john thing no but um but something like along those lines of like this is what i had planned yes i think that would be it would be very satisfying for us and would 
you know, take a huge weight off of his shoulders. And if he is, doesn't want to come back to this world, he doesn't have to feel like he has to just abandon it. And, you know, tell us what is it? The gist of winter and the, it would be nice in a way. It would be nice to just know we could just stop waiting. And that would allow you in a sense to put it to bed in a way. Move on with your life, get closure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for (laughs) him as much as for, you know, probably him more than us, obviously. Like, it's not really, like, burning my, you know, it's not destroying my life. Like, it might be destroying his. And I think about it periodically, and I go back, and I read, read, you know, you reread or you think about, I'm like, I just want to know, you know? I just want to know. Well, keep hoping. I mean, alive, there are but... some things I need to know that keep me up at night. So I just <laughs> like, what's your number one thing that you're <laughs> like? What's the number one thing you need to know? Uh, John Ghost and whatever's happening there. I, okay, I know, but I need I need to read that. Okay, I really need to read and how they get him out. If they get him out, anyone whatever else? The, whatever yeah, happens there. That that matters. I need to know that I need to know that the shit yes. that we have put ourselves through waiting and theorizing and reading about matters. I need to know how Danny matters and I need to know how John matters. And like, you know, I need, I need to know what Melisandre actually does. Like there are these little things that I, you know, it's just like, you just really want to know. I mean, and you know, as a reader of fan fiction, when I think of, you know, our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brent, I actually literally do not need to know. Because I feel like it's never going to be as satisfying as endgame as fan fiction. Right. Yep. Like I've already read what I want their ending to be for the most part. So I actually don't need that, which is kind of like that does make it a little bit easier. Like it makes you maybe feel a little bit less emotional about it and a little bit more, you know, yeah, I'd really like this, but you know, it, I'm satisfied with my imaginary ending for, you know, for them. Yeah, same. I, I definitely want wins for them. I want to know this next chapter exactly how George does it, because I think it will tell mm-hmm. us how the end will go. But yeah, I mean, you know, Jamie's yeah. going to die in the end, so I don't necessarily Yeah, like we want that, that Stoneheart crew scene, because I don't think <laughs> like, oh, you know, I, like, I need right, like, I feel like the love goodness. scenes and the emotion, I mean, frankly, Chicky, you write, you've written that better than I expect George to. Um, you know, a com- the confrontation and what's going to happen with Stoneheart and Thoros and all that crew. Like, no, I kind of can confidently say I think he's going to do a better job than I've read in fan fiction. You know, I hope. There's, and it's just, there's so yeah. much stuff where I'm just like, I don't, it's like when he would get his knickers in a twist that they would kill off rando character number two, who was very important. And I, he's still alive in the book. I don't care about those people. I really don't. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, I care about, I mean, honestly, I genuinely but, like, care about Big Walter. In the greater scheme of things, it, like, as our commenter points out, I mean, we were having this same conversation in 2016. It's 2021. I have left those people. They're gone. I, you know, whatever. I mean, but we got, literally like, made it through the entire Trump presidency <laughs> thinking that we could get wins at any point. Like, we expected it before the presidency. We made it all the way through to the other side and it's still not here and there's still no sign of it. Like it could be, we make it through the entire Biden presidency, however long that is. And still not, you know, like we've made it, well, not, we haven't made it through a pandemic, but you know, a freaking like one. It's like like the Oregon trail. Okay. Like, you know, (laughs) 
I've thrown the piano out. I've, I'm like, I've got like my hands full of like a couple of key things I care about and the rest of it's all behind me. So like, like you've been saying, like I got fanfic for some of the stuff. Jamie Brienne, I can go to fanfic. I, I really, there's certain things I care about. Like I really desperately want Shireen to still be alive. I don't think oh, that's going to happen. I but, mean, or the Stannis endgame like, is an another thing. with a context that makes sense. You know, these are the things I care about. I mean, I think like the Stannis Endgame and how devast like emotionally devastating I would expect that to be. Like, but like you know, I, I need to care. read that There's too. There's so many characters where you know what I really it doesn't bother me that I don't know what so, happened to them. So God damn it, you guys! I went from being like fairly feeling chill, like haha, we still don't have wins. <laughs> now I'm like, oh shit, I really do want it. <laughs> so thanks, yeah, thanks, like, questioner. I, I've accepted that I, we'll, we'll we'll never get a Dream of Spring, and I accepted that years ago at this point but yeah i do i do need wins yeah that's that's me i i genuinely want wins i think from wins we're going to be able to figure out most of what will be important in the end game i believe so do we have any other more depressing questions (laughs) that's everything well if you want to make us question our existence and Our future hopes and desires. <laughs> you too can send in questions. You can find us at close the door and come here.tumblr.com and send us a message, um, even an anonymous one. And you can also find us on Twitter at Door Podcast. You can write to us on the Jamie and Brienne subreddit. And you can also support this podcast on Patreon at patreon.com slash close the door. Um, I think it's close the door, right? Or door. Oh, like a search. Close You'll the find. door. Close the door. Okay, close Patreon, the door. Um, you know, listen to, like, subscribe, listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, um, everywhere that you listen to your podcasts. And with that, I am closing the door. Get out.